1: Welcome back in third and final hour here on Monday. And that means it's going to be time to turn on the light in just a moment. But real quick, I just uh, took a look at the traffic situation uh, and I don't see any real kind of hang ups uh, happening around the south coast until you get to if you are heading to Providence. Uh, there is an issue. There's a little bit of a holdup uh, over on the Popes Island area, a little bit of a slowdown there. Um, and of course, you know, you get a few around the city where there's going to be some spots of flooding with all the rain that we've been having. But in terms of highway commute, it looks like everything's good until you get to about Seekonk and then you're backed up all the way into Providence. So if you can get around that by going, you know, down to Newport and going across the bridge, the both the Newport, the, the well, the Pell Bridge, uh, also known as the Newport Bridge and the Jamestown Bridge, both are open and moving smoothly at this hour. So they keep an eye on it, though, because as the wind increases during the course of the day, um, the organization that oversees those bridges has warned us that there may be some bridge shutdowns huh. happening over there. So aren't you glad, Jack, that you have a, a light commute to get over here this morning? Light commute is what it's all about. And uh, it's also, speaking of light, let's uh, shine a light here. We are turning on the light with New Bedford Light columnist Jack Spillane. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. And uh, before we get into it, I'm going to ask you, did you get a chance to see Finest Kind? I have not. I have not. So is that in
2: theaters or is it, or is it um, can you stream it?
1: It's it's streaming on Paramount Plus, okay. which you can get a free trial if you don't have it already.
2: Okay. I would have to get the free trial because I don't have Paramount Plus. I, I did uh, play pickleball with someone over the weekend who had seen it. And she said, um, she, did, she thought it was um, okay, good. She said what was really great is seeing all the Fairhaven and New Bedford landmarks that we're all familiar with. She didn't think that the story
1: was quite an A,
2: but you know, I've mean, I seen
1: it. It's he's you know, Brian Helgeland, of course, is an Oscar winner. Yeah. I don't think this is gonna get him his next Oscar. But okay. it's um it's a it's a fun kind of twist and turn. I shouldn't say fun because it's kind of a downer some of the stuff that happens, but um, it keeps you interested. Yeah. And uh, the, the good part about it is there's no distracting parts of it, which can also often happen in a Massachusetts movie where you're like, yeah. oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not accurate. Oh, those accents sound terrible. Like they do a pretty good job of keeping it real. Yeah. My, my friend liked it. Uh, but, but,
2: but she just said that um, she's the best part is, is really seeing all these places that you're familiar with.
1: It really is beautifully shot. I mean, Brian Hoagland directed it as well as wrote it. And it's just, it is a love letter to New Bedford and to the fishing industry that he grew up in. And uh, and also, I was saying earlier, like, there's so many nuances about it that I didn't realize until I started reading people's comments on social media. But he named the characters after, like, actual fishing families in New Bedford. So even though he's not taking their direct names, it's kind of like a little homage to the people that he knew growing up, growing yeah, up. So man, it's, it's uh, just
2: just so nice to have someone do something about the local area and get it right, and get the accents right, get the names right, get the culture right.
1: You know, it's funny because I was looking in the credits of the film afterwards to see like who might have been the technical advisor because everything was so spot on, at least as much as I know about the fishing industry, and uh, but they actually. In this Time Magazine article that Brian Helgeland penned, he says, uh, I didn't need a technical advisor. I was the technical advisor yeah. because, you know, he grew up around it and he knew everything about it. So, well worth the time. I recommend it. So, speaking of time, it's been how many months now since UMass Dartmouth decided to close the Star Store? And we are still following the saga because it's still unraveling, little bits of pieces at a time. And now... The good thing is, and you've got the column today at NewBedfordLight.org, at least there's a presence for some of these students downtown again.
2: Yeah, so four months, August uh, August 16th is when um, the the chancellor uh, abruptly closed, two weeks before classes were to begin. And so now we're four months into it. Uh, The mayor says, you know, Martigny's office says that negotiations are still going on. The the chancellor says it's over, Um, but these... I am just amazed by these um, CVPA, College of Visual and Performing Arts students, specifically some of the ceramics uh, students who really suffered the worst because they needed these kilns to make their materials, and they didn't get all the big kilns to go with them in the university because they did it so rushedly, did not have a plan for them to get them. So they've had to figure it out on their own, and they wanted to come back to downtown New Bedford. So as luck would have it, um, Annie Hayes, who um, owns the storefront with women's at the Women's Center, the Women's, yeah, I think it's the Women's Center, but, but it's a, a, a woman's outreach has been the, these last um, year or so, uh, the, the, that was emptying out. And so they got in there um, and the Maintainers Union and the Teamsters Union, which represents teachers, truck drivers, um, all these uh, working folks who work at UMass Dartmouth, they... Uh, uh, subsidizing them to be in that space for the next six months and it's just and what they said was we want to be in New Bedford our our master of finance program is in New Bedford that's where our career has been and that, that's where our learning has been and that's where we relate to and we want to be here to run workshops events display our work so I I, I was happy for them because I feel that they've been so poorly treated by the university And, um, uh, it's a great, it's a great, uh, show that they have going on. They get yourself down to 65 William street.
1: So, and and this is being, um, as you said, subsidized by the, the unions who have reason to, to want to see this. I mean, is this, is this a political move on the parts of the union versus, versus the university or is this just because they want to see those students be able to stay there?
2: I think it's both. Uh, uh, the, um, The unions um, have been supportive of the students from the very beginning. Uh, Nick Gula of the um, uh, maintainers, the guys who do maintaining work, ironically, which some of it didn't get done if you listen to Senator Montigny's office, uh, uh, he has been involved in all three rallies, the one they had in the summer, right after the announcement was made uh, downtown at the Star Store, and then they were involved in one out at the campus that was in October, and then they were involved... um, The other night, Uh, Nick Gula is the president there. He's a very dynamic guy. And he just said, he gave a quote to me, Tim, that just uh, really brought home what this is all about. He said, the Star Store is the CVPA program and the CVPA is the Star Store. There's talk now, the chancellor's latest thing he's pulled out of a hat is that they're going to build a one-story addition on the Dartmouth campus to the CVPA building out there. And put the master's students in there, well, I don 't know where he's getting that money for a guy who was you know supposedly so broke, but it it just shows to me that you can't win with Chancellor Fuller. On the one hand, he says we can't go into the Star store because it's too expensive, and we have to pay rent to someone outside the you know the, the university and now he's saying we won't stay in the Star store because we don't want anybody else to control you know um the, the rent anymore when they were willing to buy it for a dollar, not once. But twice, and the second time they missed the deadline. And I would submit, how did they miss that deadline? It was right there in the contract. They knew how badly Montigny and the mayor wanted them to do it. They missed it. So I, I, I just am astonished that the university has been willing to, um, to take this so far, to, 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 um, to really um, endanger the reputation with. You know, people like Mayor Mitchell and Santa Montigny, not to mention the rest of the community. It's, it's it's remarkable.
1: And very little recourse when the president of the university system is backing the chancellor's play. Here.
2: Yeah, Marty Meehan is like, see no evil, hear no evil, uh, speak no evil. Both uh, Meehan and, and – um, it's very disappointing to see Fall River not support New Bedford in this. The chair of the board of trustees for UMass uh, system is Steve Karam, whose father was uh, – uh, Bob Karam was the um, – Chancellor was the president was the chair before him and his uncle, the chair before them, which just shows you the nepotism in Massachusetts politics, but uh, they have not supported and there are two um, trustees who have connections to New Bedford and they have not supported New Bedford. I have long felt when you look at boards of of these um, universities and nonprofit groups, they tend to be controlled by the president, whoever is in charge, and they put yes people, yes men and yes women on those boards, and that's what we have here, I think.
1: So what, we're, what are we seeing down there now? If, if, if people go down to visit this this shop that's being leased out, what's the experience that the students are having there?
2: Well, it's as if you went into a gallery. Um, it's, uh, uh, I, I have to say that, that there's only three of the students there because a lot of the students uh, exhibited in other places, um, either at the um, Bed Bath & Beyond or the uh, CVPA building in Dartmouth. But they took a chance. They wanted to come back to New Bedford. This is an affirmative action on their part to be in New Bedford, to show their work in New Bedford, and to run some workshops. Maybe, you know, These kids will have masters when they're done. They'll be totally um, uh, entitled to teach at the college level. Um, so they're, 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 uh, they're great kids. I'll just name them. The, uh, the two leaders of this are Fallon Navarro and an- Anise Beg. Dada. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. It's an Iranian name.
1: So, and you've actually been talking with faculty members, too, who won't go on the record, obviously, but they, they have things to say about what's going on.
2: Yeah, the faculty just tells me, oh, we'd like to talk, but we can't because uh, they will come after us. They'll find an excuse to come after us. This is even tenured faculty members feel this way. That, to me, has been shocking because I was always told that university is a place for a free exchange of ideas, But if you talk to some of the people close to the administration, what they'll tell you is, no, no, the the president, the the chancellor's office is the only one that can speak. You know, people in administration certainly can't speak um, if if they have any disagreements publicly. Privately, we could, but we can't speak publicly. And the faculty, many of whom were at the support of the rally in Dartmouth, but but they didn't, not too many of them that I can remember spoke. And none of them have, have contacted the media or I've seen them talking in the media uh, in support of the students, even though I know a lot of them are. And, and faculty, uh, you know, I, I've been told point blank by faculty they can't talk because they're afraid that they will find... They give me an example of another faculty member who said bad things about administration, and they found a reason to get rid of that person. So, you know, I, I think that's a, a terrible environment for, for the state university system, but that's, that's what we have.
1: And... There's some interesting information in there. So we've we've talked in the past that Senator Montigny has taken the surplus that was the the budget surplus that they weren't utilizing for the repairs that were supposed to be done on this building that UMass Dartmouth wasn't using and saying, we're going to pull that money out and we're going to divide that amongst the students that were displaced. And so we were talking before they might get a couple grand each, but it doesn't really make up for what they've gone through. But uh, in the in your column, it talks about how I guess there's supposed to be some reimbursements for these students that, that aren't getting paid in a timely manner.
2: Yeah. So Senator Martigny, um, when the state budget closed out, he um, about uh, two or three weeks ago, he announced that there were several hundred thousand dollars that the inspector general found that either the UMass Dartmouth itself or Paul Downey, the developer, had not spent that was available for maintenance money. Remember, all this maintenance supposedly is not getting done. Um, so, what he wrote was legislation that redirected that money. I think it's three hundred thousand dollars, it's two different accounts, I believe. Um, total three hundred thousand, three hundred and odd thousand dollars. To go back to the students whose lives have been so disrupted by this semester, keep in mind that they have not offered them their tuition back. They have told them they can withdraw and get withdrawal, you know, partial withdrawal money for withdrawing. But what if you don't want to withdraw? You're on a schedule and you're paying all this money. You want to finish on time. Um, and why should they have to withdraw when none, none of this is their fault? Um, uh, and uh, th- so there's that. There's also um, a facilities fee around $500 that the students have objected to because they feel like they're not getting some of the facilities that they were promised. The university, according to the students, has told them that, um, oh, well, that ha- happens sometimes. You know, things just don't work out. We gave you other other facilities, um, which the students say were not equal to what they, what they needed to, to do some of their big projects. And what what they had, I think the actual number was four hundred and sixty-seven dollars and fifty cents. You know, five hundred dollars.
1: So five f- hundred dollars times a hundred and something students, like that's that's well.
2: There are different. Um, so there are different colleges at the university. Like there's the College of Visual and Performing Arts, the College of Science and Engineering, the College of Arts and Science. The so the fees are different for the different colleges. So um, and then. I, I'm not sure, but I imagine the fees might be different for the graduate and undergraduate students. The, I think the number that was kicked around with there's was 160-something students at the Star store. How many of them were graduates? How many of them were undergraduates? But the ceramic students, because their art requires elaborate equipment, so, some of the weaving students, too, and the painting students. But ceramics, most of all, I think, have really been adversely affected. And, and, I, and some of the leaders of the opposition, too... The university have been the ceramic students, and they don't seem inclined to help them very much.
1: Still, so the the dollar figure would be small to just give them back that facilities fee. That yeah, they would. You think they would just do it as a gesture of goodwill here? And,
2: and also, you're talking about students who are, to, to, you know, living kind of hand-to-mouth existences. They say that's about ten thousand dollars a semester. Some of it is is um, deferred by work study, but you know, they're, they're trying to have a place to live get materials like you know or one of at least one of them had to rent a studio because they, the university wasn't um finding studios other students were donated studios but they're doing this all their own and putting money out front is a hard thing when you're balancing all that plus you're supposed to be concentrating on your studies they feel that the faculty has helped them and um, they've helped themselves but that the administration of the university is, is, is shown very little
1: support all right. Well, we got to take a break. Uh, we got a, a call coming in. When we come back, we can take that. But right now, we've got to go to the break. We'll be back with more with Jack Spillane in just a few moments. All right. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on with Jack.
0: Hey, Jack. How are you doing today? Hey, Steve. Uh, um. Hey, um, I guess there's a couple things. This, this to me is leading just to a lawsuit because you know the students paid for services that weren't delivered. Period. Right? You go to a you know go to the college catalog. You know you choose the 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 studies you want to do. They in the in the catalog it outlines what the studies you know have and their services and and they didn't deliver. It's really pretty ABC. I mean it's a it's a contract and they're trying to force you know the students to stay in a contract that they broke um, and they didn't didn't I mean from what you've outlined have never you know, came up to speed on to, you know, even the kilns and all those things that you have to have, Um, you know, so I don't know to me, it's, it's, they should just sue them and and get their money back and damages because they've lost a year or they've lost a portion of the year. So um, the other thing too, is I'm really disappointed in, um, as you've outlined, teachers and professors, I wouldn't call them cowardly. I just consider them, which is worse to me is morally weak because they won't stand up for the students. Especially if they're tenured because you pretty much you'd have to kill somebody on campus to be fired if you're tenured and you know it's just outwardly um you know they'll outwardly protest things like uh you know the jews and the um you know i can't can't label anybody but they'll they'll they're very aggressive in certain ways and when it comes to morals uh standing up morally uh, i don't see this happening and this is like pretty front and center so I'm pretty disappointed in the the teachers, but I, I think they should. I think they should sue. They should get together and get a lawyer and sue them. Just get the money back, with that with damages.
2: So uh, I, I agree with you on all of that, Steve. Uh, there, there is talk among the students about a lawsuit, and um, I think they have been talking to some of the lawyers. I think that the unions are inclined to support them. Uh, uh, I think that you know there's a phase where the, you know they'll be documenting all the things they lost, all the difficulties, all the things that were made more difficult, um, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, the students themselves don't have a lot of money, so I think that they may be looking for a, a pro bono lawyer, and that may be a little difficult because they are not in a circumstance where a, someone who is more established along in their career and has more resources is. The, the second thing is that the university is now taking a very um, a detailed approach to everything. Like if, if the students say that there's a $500 uh, uh, facilities fee. They say, "Oh no, it's a four hundred and sixty-seven dollar uh uh and fifty cents facilities fee." Like, well, yeah. When, when you're saying to, to to your wife or your husband, "Oh, I, I just had a um a five uh, five hundred dollar bill," and she looks at it and she says, "No, it's $380 Yeah, four hundred eighty. Yeah, 500 dollars. <laughs> like, you know, so they, they, they're taking. You know, they say, they say we we don't have the kilns we need. They say, "Oh, they do have kilns. Well, they have these portable small kilns, but they don't have the big massive kilns." For the big project they want so the university is is taking this very um detailed um sort of like almost disingenuous like semantical sem- and- yes yeah, a semantic sophistic approach to things I, I i i just have been flabbergasted well, I, that the yeah university well
0: it's would- it's like that with a lot of the arts is it's almost like um you know it, it's almost like camp to some of the universities versus uh taking it seriously because um you know i, I don't know i just um, i'm really shocked i I feel bad for the students i you know I know a lot of art students when i was going to school and and they were passionate about their their studies and um <clears throat> you know i know that things change and the universities can make changes but they basically weren't ready for the school year and um everything has been you know chasing the tail so to speak so um yeah it's, no it's this,
2: this is all about umass Dartmouth realizing a long-range vision not to have a uh, run an art school that they resent that the state government has made them run in the city of new bedford that's right. what it's about
1: all right, right thanks thanks steve thank you have a good day yeah. we gotta to, uh, we gotta go into the news from here but we'll take more of your calls at 508-996-0500 in just a moment but now let's get all the
3: headlines of the day from ariel Dorson a major storm bringing with it strong winds and heavy rain is threatening holiday travels as it charges- charges up the East Coast. Forecasters say strong winds, heavy rain, and flooding are likely from the Mid-Atlantic to New England. Hazardous driving conditions and possible flash flooding is expected across the region throughout the day defense secretary lloyd austin is in israel today to get an update on the war in gaza his visit comes as president biden has criticized israel over mounting civilian casualties as it tries to destroy the palestinian militant group hamas there have been hints that israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year and if that's the case austin has been tasked with hearing out the plan no injuries are reported after a car collided with a vehicle that was part of President Biden's secretary details Sunday in Delaware. Biden was walking to a waiting SUV from his campaign office when a car hit a Secret Service vehicle being used to close off intersections. The car was surrounded by police following the accident with the president and First Lady Jill Biden unharmed. A Confederate memorial currently located at Arlington National Cemetery is being moved. Officials at the cemetery say the statue should be gone by the end of this week, despite oppositions by Republican members of Congress and Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. The memorial will be moved to the New Market Battlefield State Historical Park in the Shenandoah Valley. Monday night's Powerball jackpot is worth well over half a billion dollars after Saturday night's drawing resulted in no grand prize winner. That means an estimated $543 million is now up for grabs. Pop star Demi Lovato and fellow musician Jordan Jutes Lutz will be tying the knot. Over the weekend, the two took to Instagram to share the same picture of them together and announced that they had gotten engaged. In sports, the Patriots came up short against the defending Super Bowl champs after falling 27-17 to the Chiefs. Bailey Zappi completed 23 of his 31 pass attempts for 180 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Kevin Harris found the end zone with an 18-yard run, and Hunter Henry led the team with seven catches for 66 yards and a score. New England will visit the Denver Broncos this weekend. The Celtics extended their winning streak to five games after taking down the Orlando Magic 114-97 to at TD Garden. Jalen Brown led the team in scoring with 31 points, Jason Tatum chipped in with 23 points, and Kristaps Porzingis recorded a double-double with 15 points and 10 rebounds. Tomorrow night, Boston will visit the Golden State Warriors. And the Bruins forward David Pasternak will not face any supplemental discipline after receiving a five-minute boarding major and a game misconduct for his hit on Rangers defenseman Ryan Lindgren. He was a with a little under two minutes remaining in the second period. The Bruins have dropped three of their last five games and will be hosting the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. A strong storm system continues to
0: impact the region. Temperatures well on the mild side. We could see record-breaking temperatures by this afternoon. We're forecasting lower 60s. Quite unsettled. It'll peak around mid to late morning through the day. Conditions improve overnight tonight, and temperatures will be dipping into the upper 40s by this Tuesday with partial sunshine. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC6 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Assy
3: Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
0: Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com.
1: And, you know, right now with the weather the way that it is, the rain coming down, the wind blowing, you might have your windows rattling. You might have some leakage around those windows. You might find some leakage around your doors. You might find some leakage coming from your roof. No matter what it may be, uh, you just need to call Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. They can come and take care of it all. Whether it is replacing a single pane of glass, replacing your entire window, replacing all your windows, hanging new entryway doors, putting new weather stripping around your doors... Or if your roof needs to be replaced, and let's face it, you would know today if it does because you're going to find that water pooling up. You're going to see some of those missing shingles. You're going to see some of that damage. uh, They can come down, and they can take care of that. But maybe you're not sure. Maybe it's been a while. If it's been 20 years, you probably need to have your roof looked at. And all you have to do is stop by their showroom at 1111 at Cushion Avenue, talk to them there, and they will come on out. Or the easiest way and the way that you don't even have to leave the house on a day like today is just go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com and you can sign up there to get a free no-obligation estimate. They will come down, they'll take a look, and they'll let you know. We think you can make it through this winter. We think you can wait until next year. Or we think you should get this done immediately. And if that's the case, they will get it done quickly. They will get it done right. They will get it done with precision. That's Precision Window and Kitchen and online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. All right, let's turn on the light now with Jack. Let's go back to that discussion. And uh, why don't we take a call here, Jack? We've got one on the line. If you want to call in and speak with Jack, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
0: Oh, I I didn't realize you had a guest. Uh, I probably was going to be changing the subject. How about no, no, that? we're
1: gonna we're gonna stay with the same topic. And you know, if if you weren't listening, I don't know why you want to call in and bring something up. I don't get that. Well, see you. All right. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but. You yeah, don't just randomly dial a radio station and say, but I'm going to go hijack the conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see if it was like there was no guest and it was open lines or something like that, but that's, that's not what, what it is.
1: But you got to listen to know. Yeah. And when you're out in California, you can listen on the WBSM app and you can know what the conversation is. Instead, what you've got is you've got a professional amateur talk radio caller who is just going to call up every radio show and talk about whatever his item of the day is.
2: And then, and then you give him a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why you're not going to
1: that subject today, and he disses you. <laughs> hey, whatever i'll uh, i'll recover my feelings are so hurt uh so if you want to call in and talk about what we were discussing 508-996-0500 we were talking about the star store and i want to point out that this is part one of two and you have another column that's coming out later on this week on this yeah we'll have
2: another column coming up later on this week that will be more focused on uh what's going on from the political and governmental um standpoint uh, i had done so much reporting that i realized i couldn't get it all in and um the more I reported on the students' efforts and the union's efforts in downtown New Bedford, the more I thought I just wanted to devote that column to, the, to that.
1: So I know obviously you know, we'll wait to, to read that column, but are we still having uh, an issue where uh, the, the politicians that are involved in this – I know because – they seem united in their ideas, but they don't always work well together, some of them. The mayor has some issues with some of the delegation, and so some of that back and forth. But it seems like every, everybody on that side of things is kind of united on this, at least in what I've heard with the exception of, of Chris Markey. He saw, kind of sounded like he was already ready to move on and uh, and find a new home for, for – a new uh, tenant for the Star Store.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I to me, the politicians are all – do what politicians say do that they say that they're still working on it they're still having negotiations i will say that the one who has said it's over is chancellor fuller in an interview with rhode island public radio recently but um uh we'll see um i have some prominent people who tell me it's not over and then i have the chancellor saying it's over so we'll we'll see uh you know it's a, a lot of politics
1: do you think we need all the politicians to be united on this or can one or two keep the fight going
2: well, I, I I think it would be better if they were united. I you know I've been very disappointed, and I've said so. And Chris Markey, um, he's told me that he he represents Dartmouth. That's his primary part of his district. But he's always represented a, a good chunk of New Bedford, a couple of precincts. That's that's ten thousand uh, people, and um, uh, they're not in the downtown area. But I I still think it's been disappointing. Um, he says he's not against some sort of arts use being in the the. Um, Star Store, but early on, he was talking about housing and uh, other business ventures. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that it would be better if Chris was united. And it would be better if, if, if people like Bill Strauss, um, Paul Schmidt, who have said very little you know, um, on the matter. Uh, I, I think um, it would certainly be better if uh, Senator Martigny and Mayor Mitchell could work better together. I think that's a major impediment because when you're lobbying state officials and they see that there's a division...
1: They notice. Well, we've uh, got another call here coming in, so let's take that. Good morning. You were on with Jack Spillane. Hello.
4: Hello. Am I on? You are. Yeah. Chris Markey has been a disappointment with that, the whole thing, right from the very beginning. He has no idea of what he's going to put in there, and he comes on and he's always uh, supporting Chancellor Fuller. I hope Fuller can vote for him, you know, because I won't vote for the guy if I ever had a chance. I don't think he's in my district anyway, you know. It's uh, just just terrible. To me, the students ought to get a lawyer, maybe go to the ACLU or something, and sue the uh, the, 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 so the college for, in the state for breach of contract.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Carl. Uh, I think that this is going to come down to a lawsuit. Um, you know, my only concern is, as I mentioned earlier, the students are students. They're in their early 20s. They don't have a lot of money. Um, ACLU. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the ACLU. Uh, I, I think I'd like to see one of the local prominent lawyers uh, do it pro bono. Uh, I, think uh, need, I don't think that's going to
4: happen because they want to get along to go along. If they had to get a lawyer, I think they'd have to go to Rhode Island and someone who can practice in uh, Massachusetts and mm. wouldn't be as affected by it. That sort of thing. Yeah. But that, that's it's shameful what's been done to those uh, young people, and. Uh, Again, it just goes to show what happens too when you put in people that are running a college that's in this area, and really they have no connection with the area. None. And it just goes to show what happens.
2: None, and 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 I think it's especially disappointing that you have a, a member of the board of trustees, uh, Julie Gagliardi, I think is her name. She's from Somerset, so she may be under the influence of the caroms. but she um, works for the, um, uh, the the New Bedford Foundation. Um, I'm not sure I'm getting the main name, but one of the nonprofit that raises money, and she said nothing. And then there was a law student at UMass Law um, who was also on the Board of Trustees, and she said nothing. And boy, uh, uh, that's really disappointing to have people with local connections to the Board of Trustees to have nothing to say, not to mention Fall River uh, letting its sister city down. The whole thing has been a disgrace. And
4: well, I happened. think what's happened from the old days when they w- w- were working together, Fall River and New I think Fall River has is, is gone its own way. Uh, their close proximity to Rhode Island and Providence has uh, made them become a sort of uh, bedroom community to that area. So this idea of cooperation between the two, uh, which was strong before, is gone. But uh, I, I'll tell you, if I was a local politician, most of our politicians were... For the Star Store and keeping it uh, as it was and everything, I would be very upset with Chris Markey, Very upset. Uh, certainly not his father, that's for sure.
2: Hey, and, uh, I, I have a question, Joe. If 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 Biff McLean was still in office, do you think that we would have lost the Star Store?
4: No, no, no. Because uh, that 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 goes probably way back even to that time uh, before um, you know. Uh, 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 Senator uh, uh, again, Senator uh, Mont- Montigny picked up the thing and ran with it, uh, you know. But I think that kind of got us starting way back in those days. But I, again, if I was yeah, a local my, my understanding is
2: that Senator Montini and uh, yeah. former Senator McLean are not the best of friends, and that there are issues. Uh, well, about- I, I, yeah, I
4: can understand that. But but again, um, McLean's out of it now. He's an older person. I know he has some influence yet. But not as he had before. But if I was another local politician, I would be very upset with Chris Markey because he went his own route on this. And uh, all everybody uh, uh, across the political spectrum, uh, from Montigny to uh, Mayor uh, Mitchell and everything, were for keeping it there. And, uh, you know, Mikey just cut his own swath and everything. He'd never get my vote for anything if he was ever voting for, if I ever could vote for him because I'm not, not in, his, uh, in his district.
2: That sort uh, of thing. I'm wondering if it's payback to the mayor when the mayor wouldn't, wouldn't give him, put, put the um, interchange that he wanted rebuilt on Route 6 in Dartmouth. And he wanted it linked to the golf course, going to be an industrial park and the mayor no, wouldn't put, put it in. But he seems to go against
4: everybody. It's not just payback to the mayor. All, all the politicians in this area were saying we want this, we need this. It's a good thing for downtown. And uh, he cut his own swath. He went his own way. You know, he was, he was like he wasn't part of the delegation down here. And uh, he, he got his hat handed to him the other day too on the on the phone when they were talking about uh, having an increase for uh, in ta- in taxes and going over two and a half there uh, with uh, Dartmouth. And two people called in and, and handed him his hat, basically, and told him they don't want the increase. You know, so uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he's listening to his constituents uh, that well, and I'm uh, disappointed in a way because I listened to him talk to him in the past. He seemed like a person who was. You know who, who was uh you know a, a person who could you know deal with with politics and 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 you know and and seemed to yeah. be on the ball but uh you know to me uh the, the time she's come on chris's show he's lost it you know it's like uh, he's, he's not part of the area you know it's like yeah i don't know you yeah. know what can i say i, I gotta Again, hold you I there
1: those joe young people, okay i gotta apologize. i gotta take a break thank, thank you, you so breaks. much okay
4: bye-bye take care all right
1: we will take that break we'll be back in just a few moments freedom oh <laughs> All right. We are wrapping things up here with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Uh, we didn't really get to cover it, Jack, but Colin has a great piece on the uh, funding coming for the New Bedford school buildings. Yeah, there's a lot
2: happening with uh, school buildings in New Bedford. And New Bedford, uh, mostly from, through no fault of its own, has fallen behind other communities when it comes to rebuilding schools Of Brockton and Fall River have already rebuilt their high schools. So now they're putting the high school on the agenda, which I think needs to be two high schools, a folk high school and a, and a smaller academic high school. Um, they're building two elementary schools, one to combine the Duval and Congdon in the south end and one to combine the um, uh, Jira Swift and uh, Ashley, Ashley in the north end. But they still have a lot of other old schools, uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, now Carlos Pacheco, and uh, um, the uh, what's the one over by Buttonwood Park, um, uh, Winslow. That needs to be done, and they need to build that. Uh, New Bedford is going to a um, pre K, a full pre uh, K, that's the end O'Leary's Gold, full pre K building, um, uh, two or three buildings. Uh,